Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Uh, my name is Ollie Richards, and here on the podcast, what we do is we talk language learning. Uh, I've learned eight languages myself. I've learned more than that, actually, but I've <laughs> kind of forgotten a few of them. Um, but what I do is I bring my experience with language learning and also many years of experience with language teaching to bear on uh, trying to answer your language learning questions. So whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to this, please uh, make sure to subscribe so that you get new episodes delivered directly to your listening device, whatever that may be. Twice a week, usually. Sometimes less, but, you know, I do my, I do my best. You might notice the sound quality is not what it uh, often is uh, today, and that is because I'm recording this intro right before an interview, a conversation with Lindy Williams, and uh, that's coming up now. I usually record these on, a, on a, my proper mic, but um, I'm out and about today, so that's why I'm recording these using... Uh, in fact, they are the headphones for my iPhone. And uh, I'm always amazed how decent the quality is, actually, from these things. Anyway, you don't want to hear about that. Before we get into today's conversation, I'd like to thank the wonderful sponsors of the show. They are, of course, italki. And if you are if you are looking for a professional teacher, someone who can come in and fix, give yourself a, a give you give yourself an, a language MOT, which is someone that nobody outside the UK has a hope of understanding. Anyway, fixing your language problems, whatever they may be, pronunciation, grammar, vocabulary, then italki is a place where you can connect with professional language teachers of all different backgrounds. And you can get a free lesson by going to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson. So now, without any further ado, here is Lindsay Williams. Okay, I'm here with Lindsay Williams. Lindsay, how's it going? Hello, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. We were just um, talking about the last time you were on the, on the podcast, and uh, it was pre-Trump, pre-Brexit, um, the 28th of July 2016. A while, so a while back. Two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a great, I remember we had a very interesting conversation about education and mm. how we were going to change the world. Do you think we've um, succeeded? Well, I don't know. Getting there, I would like to think. We ended up with Trump and Brexit, didn't we? So, um, yeah. I'm not sure that was directly our fault. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no. Yeah. We haven't got a great track record so far. I don't, maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> after this episode. Ooh. Yeah, end of the world probably. Um, so, what have you been up to? How's um, how's the lot, how's life in uh, Lindsay Does Languages land? Yeah, a lot since then. Um, so probably a year after that, um, I went around the world for a year. We're making language stories, which is a documentary series about languages all across the world. So season one was about the Americas. Season two was about Southeast Asia. We're just coming through to the um, final episodes of that now. And uh, yeah, so it's been quite quite a busy time. Did you did you I imagine going around the world doesn't mean you went to literally all two hundred and how many countries are there? Two hundred? <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends what list, right? Yeah. How yeah. many countries do you actually go to? Oh, um good question. I'm not hundred percent sure off the top of my head. We that, did that means a lot. A, yeah, a few. <laughs> a few. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been fun to get visas for all of those places surprisingly easy i think the only place we needed to apply for a visa was possibly myanmar and vietnam 
and that was all online now. It was really easy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, the reason we're talking today is because, well, first of all, we should say what we're talking. We're going to talk about creativity, which is uh, not something we've talked about much here on, on the podcast, I guess, because I'm not very creative. So um, I don't have much to say. That's why I need you to, to come and to come and help me out with, <laughs> with this topic. Um, but the reason we wanted to talk about creativity is because you've got something quite cool coming up. Uh, yes. So do you want to tell everybody what that's about? Because I think it's a fantastic project. And, um, you know, the, there's going to be some people here who will be interested in, uh, in, in attending this as well. Yeah. So one of the things that I did do last year while I was away, I was in Peru at the time last year when this happened, was Women in Language. And uh, I thought, wouldn't it be cool? Like there's so many amazing females across the globe doing so many wonderful things with language to just for International Women's Day, get a whole load of people online from everywhere and and talk things out. And it was amazing. It, I imagined like just a, a one day event. I got Kirsten and uh, Shannon on board to help me organize. And so it was easier to make it something bigger. We wrote a whole list of people and uh, ended up with a big four-day online event. It was incredible. So we're doing it again this year. It's called? Um, Women in Language. So 7th to the 10th of March. The woman in Women in Language refers only to the speakers. <laughs> so everyone is welcome to attend. And uh, So yeah. women in, men are welcome um, to Women in Language. Let's, uh, absolutely. Let's, 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 yeah. let's spell it out. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Um, but the speakers were all women. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So it's just a chance to, to kind of celebrate that for International Women's Day and showcase so many things that, like, you know, even I didn't know were happening and people were doing around the world. So it's been a lot of fun over the year. I've just been adding to the list of, like, potential speakers and, like, Kirsten constantly saying to me, you're adding too many people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's going to be happening on the – remind me of the dates one more time. Yeah, so early uh, March. 7th to the 10th. 7th to the 10th, 10th of March. Of March okay. year, yeah. So depending yeah. on when depending on when you're listening to this, that will either be coming up very soon or probably in the distant past. But either way, um, where, where should people go to, to get more information about that and um, to, to, to sort of register, get tickets, whatever they have to do? Yeah, of course. So womeninlanguage.com is the place to go. Get your ticket. And on the panel, I heard that on the panel this year, and again, this is how we are creatively linking to this episode, you are hosting a panel. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've got two panels. Uh, Shannon's hosting one and I'm hosting the other. The panel that I'm hosting is all about creativity in language learning. So we've got um, a few people there to talk about this topic and in kind of a broad context and share our, our different perspectives on it. Great. So there'll be a much bigger deep dive from lots of different perspectives at the event itself. And the event is all online, right? So there's not a place you have to go it yeah. all happens on, on the internet yeah yeah so it's much easier to attend so today i guess what we're going to do is we're going to give uh we're just going to knock around a few ideas on this topic so if people are interested they can come to women in language and actually uh hear the the real the real deal so um creativity it's one of those it's a funny word isn't it because we kind of know it's a good thing creativity is never a bad thing um but then we also know that with language learning we have to study don't we have to work hard um so what is how do we how do we how do we link up creativity and language learning what's the what's the kind of what's the elevator pitch for, for creativity and language learning 
Mm, do you mean in terms of like why it would be a good thing? Yeah. So we should be. So why should yeah. we? I guess why? Why shouldn't I sit down and just learn grammar? From I think there's this. I think there's this kind of stereotype, isn't there, of like these memories. I guess like we talked about last time, these memories of school of language learning being very dull and very repetitive and boring. And so when you have the chance to get creative with that in any way, I think that can only be a good thing. Any way that it can make it more interesting and more fun and enjoyable for you. And much more of a positive experience as well. I think that's really important. So if you are a creative person and you've got these outlets that, you know, you want to explore, any way you can incorporate language learning into that, I think can only be a good thing. And I guess the idea behind this is that it actually helps you learn, right? We're not just talking about having mm. fun, although obviously that's a, an important part of it. The idea would be that with create, by, by injecting some creativity into what you're doing, you are going to learn better. Yes. I think, yeah, there's like two ways to look at it. Like there's this obvious thing of like, oh, well, it's creative to, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think of the word creative and creativity is like art, right? Yeah. But like painting a picture in itself has nothing to do with language learning. So then when you think beyond that and you think, okay, well, how can I combine both of these things? So maybe that doesn't mean you're directly painting a picture or drawing, you know, something. Maybe it means that you're reading about artists from a country that speaks the language you're learning. Maybe you're watching YouTube videos about like, you know, different artistic styles or you're attending exhibits if, you, if you're lucky enough to live somewhere that speaks that language. So it's about exploring ways to expand your language learning into sort of a wider sphere of your life. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, so, so mm. there's, a, there's a phrase that is often used in, in, a, in teaching contexts, which is to take something off the page. Mm. Um, so the idea being that, you know, you've got a... You've got a an example sentence or or, or a, I don't know, a, a little dialogue or something on the page of a textbook. And, and so the task for the teacher is to bring it off the page and turn it into something real. Because once it's real, then it's something that's easier for, for people to actually um, interact with and understand and, 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 and yeah. benefit from. So, so are we talking about, are we talking about bridging the gap from the textbook to real life? Or is that too simplistic a way of, of thinking about creativity? Mm, possibly, possibly. Maybe not just even the textbook, maybe, but like any kind of, I guess you could say, one-dimensional or perhaps two-dimensional resource that we think of in a very simplistic term. And I, I found this, like, um, you know, we were mentioning my, my travels and stuff, and one of the things I did for that trip was learn an indigenous language called Guarani, spoken in Paraguay, there's a lot less resources out there to learn that language, which meant like just without even trying, I had to get creative. I had to really use the little resources I did have in much more like expansive ways than I would have previously, you know, learning something like Spanish or Italian. There's so much out there that it's very easy to kind of just see a resource, do exactly what it tells you to do and turn the page and move on to the next thing. Whereas when you have less, you're forced to do more with that less. Does that make sense, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You're, you're so forced into that, that state that to of creativity. Really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And then I've now bringing that that kind of mentality that I've learned from from learning Guarani into learning other languages and having a lot more fun with it than I think I ever was before because I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of forcing myself, not, not like in a negative way, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of forcing myself to engage in it in a different way and to look at things differently think, oh, okay, this is a, a listening dialogue. Okay, that's cool. I'm listening to it. Do, 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 do. Done. Now what? Was that the listening dialogue there? That was, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really great yeah. conversation. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. cool. Learned a lot, you know. But I'm forcing myself to then take that and, and extract stuff from it and, you know, maybe write something based on it or read it back to myself, you know, and just really explore it in a, in a much bigger way. And so that, for me, you know, learning an, an indigenous language or, or learning a language with, with lesser resources, I would say, has been, has been really crucial to my own sort of exploration. Of, of getting creative with language learning. Yeah, because so as, as I'm listening, it strikes me that you we're kind of talking about creativity here from lots of different potential angles. Because um, at, at first I was thinking, okay, we're talking about using different resources here. So like we're going to an art gallery or watching a movie. But then what you described here is more like, um, okay, I'm actually taking resources that already exist and just doing creative things with those resources. So. It's, I think what you're, what, you're, what, you're, what you're kind of driving at is this mindset of, you know, whatever you're faced with, whether it's material you've already got or a particular problem you have or, an, a, I don't know, a way to sort of find more motivation, you're just approaching the, that particular problem or that particular focus with a kind of non -con an unconventional mindset, mm. and thinking outside the box. Yeah. Maybe we should yeah. maybe we should make make this a little bit more concrete now. So let's talk about a few specific examples of what um, of, of what this creativity could be, because um, you know we, there are obviously so many ways to apply. But I think it's going to help people to understand if we can like just talk about a few different practical ways that we can uh, we can so we can start to bring creativity into into language learning. So what would be some 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 of your sort of go-to activities or, or perhaps what are some things that you did with, with Guarani that have now transferred into your other languages? Mm. Um, let me think. I found mm, writing, I know it sounds kind of simple, but I found writing to be very helpful with Guarani because finding listening resources was a lot harder. And so I had things that I could read um, online I couldn't find any books online to buy, so it was all, like, online digital material. And then, you know, so I'd learn from that, and then I'd try and, like, put that into into my own examples of writing. So I was getting quite creative with writing then. Something I've started recently, I got given, like, too many diaries for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, didn't we all, right? And, um, and so I decided, okay, what can I do with all of these diaries? Well, one of them, I'm, I know, I'm going to use it for, for languages, right? So I have it next to my bed, and every night before I go to bed, I write a little sentence in Guarani of, like, I'll write, I, I write this thing of, like, what did I learn today? Like, it's just a general thing of, like, interest. And then I'll try and translate that into Guarani. So I'm just writing a sentence every day. And it's something so simple, but I'm just getting that bit of contact with the language. And, and then I've also, what I do is underneath that, I, I'm doing this thing right now where I study, I, like, all the languages I've ever studied, I didn't want to just let them all disappear. So on a sort of two-week basis, I'm doing like 20 minutes a day of, of 10 of those, right? And so whichever language that is that's come up that day, I then try and write it in that language as well. So I'm bringing it into you know, that same skill and that same activity, bringing it into other languages that I'm learning. 
So what about um, what about someone who is uh, studying a more more mainstream language? So your kind of Spanishes mm. and Frenchies and uh, Frenchies. Sure, that's a word. <laughs> Italian. All, all the all the all the all the common languages. And um, what are some? Let's say that we've got someone who is you know they've been. I was talking to a, a friend earlier who's actually living in Mexico and has kind of become a bit sort of stagnated and is running, running, running a little short on ideas um, about how to kind of keep things fun and interesting. You know, he, he, you know, he's, he's studied all there is to study um, and he's, um, but you know, like with all languages, it's a long-term project and he's looking for ways to kind of keep moving forward whilst also staying interested and engaged. So what kind of things could he be thinking about Beyond the, the sort of simple textbook to to make his Spanish study more more creative. Mm. So I would say, for me, if that was me at that stage, I'd be bringing in things from the, the culture in the language. So I'm talking about things like TV and film and music. You want to find something that you that you love. Like I, I've, I've said this a lot in the past. If you're listening, you've probably heard this, but I I really loved Shakira when I started learning Spanish and that really helped me to give me a motivation to keep learning because I wanted to translate these bizarre lyrics, right? Not a great place to start, going to be honest with you, but it helped for motivation. And um, so now it's easier than ever, right? To find something with all, most of us have a, a Netflix account or even on YouTube for free. There's so much content out there. And so there's plenty of ways with, um, you know, with things like that where you can find something to, to, to watch, but then also to, take as a resource in itself so let's say you've, you found a series on netflix that you that you enjoy you know you can watch it for pleasure kind of passively but then you could almost go back to an episode or even a segment of an episode like a, a two minute five minute ten minute segment of the episode and extract language from it and use that as a resource you know so before you sit down with that think about okay like you know what am i expecting to hear what language might they be using you know and then watch it through and then don't be afraid to pause it, to rewind stuff, make notes of what you're learning, things they're saying more often, you know, make use of subtitles, all that kind of stuff. And then when you're done, you've then got all these notes that you can, again, extract from and think, right, okay, whew, there's a lot there from just just that one piece of, like, fun content that you can really get creative with. And that's the key, isn't it? It's, it's, it's finding that middle ground between something that's just fun. Because you can watch all the Netflix in the world, but you're not going to get fluent no. from just watching. Well, if you have ten years and three hours a day, yeah, maybe. But um, but you know, it's finding that middle ground between finding that fun content that you enjoy and you can kind of relax with, but actually doing something productive and useful with it. You've mentioned so you mentioned Netflix. I, I still find Netflix a bit confusing. I don't seem to be able to always get the right kind of language subtitle combination that I that I need. Depend. It seems to depend. From what I've heard, it depends kind of what country you're in. Oh yeah, it does. and then and then so like the language and subtitle combination all changes from one language to the next. But I think I don't think we're going to clear that one I up think today. The, the key, the key to that is I think to watch it on a computer. There's a lot of like Chrome extensions that can help, and it's easier to find stuff as well to navigate it on on a on like an internet browser. How would a Chrome extension help you with with Netflix? You can there's there's some different extensions. Um, I can't remember any of the exact names of them, but there's ones that give you like a whole, like a wider range of subtitles. Um, there's ones that give you like direct translations and stuff for subtitles and things oh, like wow. that. I've written a blog post about this. I will share with you that you can 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. So are the yeah. subtitles open source then for Netflix? Is that how it works? Or? Mm, good question. I don't think they are, but I think for some of the content that's like off of Netflix, perhaps it is. I'm not 100% sure how right. it works. I guess what you could also no, do... With those extensions? Sure. I guess what you could also do is... Um, because I've often so I've, I've seen people discussing in, on Facebook and things before, like oh, I've just watched such and such a Netflix thing, and, and they had the subtitles. It was in Spanish, and I had the subtitles in Spanish. And then someone in the UK came in and they said, "Well, I've just loaded that up, and it doesn't have the audio in Spanish. It's just in." So I guess what you could do is, would it work to use a VPN to connect to a US connection and then access Netflix from the US, and then that you'd have access to work. that content. From the US. Yeah, I think that would work. We're getting quite down into quite a rabbit hole. Getting very right? techy. But, but, yeah. but, this, but, yeah, but Netflix <laughs> is such an amazing resource. Um, and yeah, so was, I mean, I, I've, I've been working on going back to my Japanese recently. It's like a long, it's never ending project for me to try and get somewhere with my Japanese. And one of the things that I did recently was to, um, I actually just read this book, which is a fantastic, uh, and it's a Japanese book, but I read it in English. Because I just uh, I picked it up somewhere and looked looked great. It's called the Devotion of Suspect X. It's a real kind of um, re- apparently it sold two million copies in Japan. It's a massive sort of page turner crime thriller. Brilliant book, and um, they made a film out of it. So I actually went and watched the film in Japanese after reading the book because you should only ever watch a film after reading the book. <laughs> um, and I watched the film and it was kind of hard because there was a lot of crime related language i didn't really understand but then i went on this on i did a search for the 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 subtitles or the screenplay and there's a website called see if i can find this here um what's it called oh, i can't remember what it's called here but there's a you can you can um you can usually just search it and it exists in japanese it probably exists in other language so i downloaded the the, the complete screenplay of the movie and I've printed it out and I've been using the printout of the of the screenplay as reading practice so because yeah. um, that's you can, it's so much easier to kind of to mine that for um, for for useful language when it's actually on the page in front of you and you're not kind of trying to rewind Netflix as you're as you're as you're watching it and all that stuff and I guess I you know then I, that, I could take that and I could I mean some people go crazy with this stuff don't they and they use these programs to kind of match up the they extract a section of audio from the drama and then match it up mm. with with the text and put it on like video flashcards and stuff like that. Yeah. No, that that stuff would just drive <laughs> me crazy. But it was it was great because I found something that I was interested in and um, and then ended up eventually with something on paper that I could then sit on the train with and just study and yeah. and read it and it was it was great. That's such a good example of this of like you've got a thing and you just you're going gradually further and further. And, you know, all from that one initial, like, spark of inspiration with that one resource, right? Exactly. And I was giving, I mentioned my friend in Mexico earlier. I was, I told him this the other, uh, yesterday, actually, we were just WhatsApping back and forth. And I suggested that he did the same thing with Spanish. And um, he, I think he went out and did a search. And I don't think he could find any screenplays in Spanish because I think, in most languages, this probably isn't a thing, you know, to have the screenplays of the of the movies and stuff. But you could, I guess, in, otherwise find the sub. You could download the subtitles, right? Because, yeah. as I understand it, most subtitles are freely available online if you 
if you search for them. Are you any, any good with that, with subtitles? I'm not, but I think, yeah, there's a lot of them out there on various websites, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been told that, that subtitles are freely available. There's a website here called opensubtitles.org, which apparently is thousands mm. of translated subtitles uploaded daily. So uh, there you go. That's 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 something for for people to, to download subtitles of your favourite um, TV stuff. Which I mean, now everyone's going to go out and download Friends in in like twenty one <laughs> different languages, aren't they? But but yeah. So it's all the point is it's all out there, right? If you find something that you're interested in, you can go out and you can look for different the same thing in different different mediums. Let's talk about music because music is um, a big thing for many people. It is for me as well, although I've, I've it's funny, like with some languages I found music's been a massive thing, a massive kind of gateway into the language. For others it just hasn't been, yeah. hasn't even featured. So mm. what are some of the ways that um, the people can go about using music, you know, assuming they like the music in the language? Uh, then what, what are some of the ways they can go about using music creatively for their language learning? Mm, creatively then to go beyond, you know, that sort of passive listening to music. Um, I think it's, it all comes down to lyrics, really. So you could, depending on your level, there's various ways that you may want to approach it. You know, maybe that you you feel ready to attempt to listen and try and transcribe yourself, like what you're hearing or write down the chorus or something like that. You know, when you get the repetitive thing going on, it may be that you don't feel ready for that yet. So you might want something like Lyrics Translate where you can see, you know, the original language and perhaps a translation to English or even into another language that maybe you know already that could be helpful, you know, at that sort of earlier stage. Um, there's activities as well you could use, websites, and I think there's an app now for lyrics, um, lyrics training. Lyrics Gap is quite similar as well, where it gives you like a close exercise for lyrics and you can like listen and fill in the individual words so you've not got that whole like just blank space of transcribing it yourself. Um, I discovered very recently, um, I don't know if you know, there's a, a Spanish... Uh, um, singer from Barcelona called Rosalia. I don't know. Oh, she's very, very interesting. She's like studied flamenco to like a really high level at some uh, like music college, I think, where they accept like one student a year or something, and um, has now come out with this like urban sort of hip hoppy mashup of flamenco. It's very interesting. And her lyrics are in Spanish, and I discovered on Genius, which is like typically kind of full of like, you know lots of English lyrics with like assumed meanings attached to them that people have decided. But on Genius, when her lyrics are in, in Spanish, people have done the same thing. So there's like... What is Genius? Sorry, you have to... So Yeah, yeah. So Genius is a website for lyrics in general. So a lot of the... In English, and you can... Sometimes the artists will come on and do it themselves with like kind of verified lyrics where they said, and this lyric, I was talking about blah, 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 right? Do, 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 like the listening exercise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes people can go on there, like from the sort of community of it, and say, I think this lyric is about this. And here's the interview where the artist said this, and blah, blah, blah. But I use this in Spanish. So it doesn't have a translation of the lyrics necessarily. The lyrics are in Spanish. And when I clicked on each lyric for each little section, the annotations were in Spanish as well. So I wasn't learning from like just looking at the lyrics and then translating or anything like that. I was looking at the lyrics, listening at the same time, and then looking at the annotations and be like, ah, oh, okay. So, you know, just getting a deeper meaning from it. And that was like, 
fascinating for me because I, I love like lyrics and music and stuff. And then I suddenly thought, oh, this is a language learning thing I'm doing right here. This is so cool. So yeah, genius is um, my new favorite thing on that front. But there's not as many like foreign lyrics on there, and they don't always have annotations. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess on a very sometimes like, just a simple Google search can can turn up all kinds of things. So let's say you had a song that you really like in a, in any language. If you just sort of stick in, if you go to Google and just stick in the name of that song and the artist, and mm. then you just start clicking around and see what you can find, you'll find all kinds of like blogs with people writing about stuff, news articles, and um, the thing about that is you're, you're guaranteed to find websites in the language that are on that topic, right? So it's something that you know you're going to be interested in. And you can happily sort of while away an entire weekend just sort of looking at different, various different things you find um, in, you know, on, that, on that topic. And you, don't, I mean, you might not know exactly what it's going to throw up, but it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting and relevant to you, right? Because it's, um, it's, uh, because you just put that, that exact thing into Google. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm often, when I, when I talk about like looking up a word rather than go straight to the dictionary or straight to like Google Translate or whatever, I like to go to Google Images and then say, okay, I've got an idea. Sometimes it's really clear right away from that. Sometimes you're like, mm, I'm not so sure. Then go to the news and see if the word comes up in the news, you know. And then, then if I'm still really stuck, then I'll translate. So, you know, things like that as well definitely a lot that you can you know at first I think here's here's the thing this is I don't know if you do like a little nugget at the start of an episode but when it comes to creativity yeah okay (laughs) when it comes to creativity and language learning really it's about seeing everything as a possible resource that's what it's about at the end of the day I think it's that idea of anything you could use anything to learn a language so it's looking at everything in a slightly different light. Well, that would be um, a fantastic note on which to to wrap up because if we kept going, we'd probably <laughs> fill up the next uh, <laughs> next year's worth of available podcast time. So there's so much stuff right there for anybody who's looking for, for just ways to just, if anything, just put a little spark back into, into learning because yeah. we, we always have to remember this, don't we? That it's always none of this there's no point sitting down for years to learn a language if you don't have fun and enjoy yourself in in the yep. process so so great that's that's fantastic um the if you are interested in this topic then head over to womeninlanguage.com get yourself a ticket register for the conference and you'll be able to hear Lindsay hosting a panel with people far wiser than me on this exact topic so you can get even more ideas and uh and explore this uh, for as long and deep as, as, as you would like. I've, I've run out of things to say about that. <laughs> so, uh, cool. So, womeninlanguage.com is the place. The, again, the I'm looking at the website right now. The dates of the conference are, Lindsay, help me out, 7th to the 10th of, uh, of March. Yeah. There is a fee to join the conference, but it's low. It's as low as it comes. And considering everything that all the fantastic speakers you've got there it's uh, mm. be a, a fantastic way to spend the weekend so great Lindsay um, if anyone wants to find out more about you or connect with you in some way or trade Netflix secrets where should they go <laughs> best place for that is languages.com. it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y 
fantastic. All right, well, listen, thank you very much for taking the time. It's been great to talk about creativity and to catch up. And we'll have you back on, hopefully not two and a half years, in two and a half years' time, <laughs> hopefully uh, sometime before that. It depends what happens after we've done this episode. If there's no more disasters, we're good. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, two and a half years is a long time, so yeah. that's it. Fingers crossed. Okay, thank you. Cool. Talk to you soon. Bye. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lindsay Williams about creativity in language learning. Lots of fantastic ideas. I put a link to some of the main things that we spoke about on the show notes to the podcast. So if you want to follow those links and investigate that further, I put links to Lindsay's blog post on using Netflix for language learning, the subtitles website that I mentioned where you can download all the subtitles under the sun. Uh, we've got a link to the Genius website along with uh, Rosalia, Lindsay's new favourite Spanish singer and a few other things besides. If you'd like to check out those resources then please head to iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash episode 301. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you back for the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free memory course. 